Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 70. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at vjourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at networknerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, doing lovely. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Awesome, Nick. Great, great uh, take on that. Um, hey, last week we talked about COVID-19 um, and its effects on us. Uh, we mainly focused on working from home. Um, this week we were going to address some secondary effects, um, mostly on the psychology of uh, working in a situation like this. Um, during times of uncertainty, it's it's so easy to get frozen in fear. So we wanted to talk about actions that we can take to combat that fear. Just to clarify, when you say frozen in fear, John, what exactly are we talking about? Is this, I just watched a horror movie and I'm frozen in fear and don't want someone to come out of the TV at me? Is this, I'm frozen in fear and afraid to invest in anything? What exactly is it? Well, you know, for whatever reason, people um, associate uh, times of uncertainty with, you know, a time of like retrenchment and like burrowing in and, and nesting and protecting what they have. Um, you know, we don't know exactly what this, um, you know, viruses effects are going to be on the economy, on our jobs, you know, uh, on our health. And so during, you know, times like that, it's, it's really easy to find that fear overwhelming and then stop working on ourselves and on what we're doing to actually ensure our future, right? There's things that we can do to take control and there's there's things that, you know, we can spend our time thinking about that we don't actually have any control about. It's too easy to think about those things that we don't have control about and miss doing the things that we actually do have control about. So does that um, does that clarify that? Absolutely. I'd say step one, wash your hands. <laughs> That's right. Apparently, uh, the key to this is... Uh, wash your hands and don't touch your face, right? For sure. Okay. What, what else is there? Like, did we have more? Should we just end it there? No, is that it? Okay. No. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. So so we do actually have some some action items, right? Um, mainly, you know, the broad overview, we're going to talk about uh, the control that you can take um, over your own job. So do your job well, right? Um, and then what can you do to enhance your lar- larger organization? You know, there's things that you can actually do to, to help out there. And then what can you do to enhance your network? So those are kind of the three um, uh, increasing steps that we're going to talk about. You know, you actually have control and actually have um, actions that you can take to do those things. Um, and they will, like in the medium to long term, help you preserve what you have. And they're actual constructive things that you can do uh, as opposed to like fear-based things. So it doesn't, we're not really covering like, you know, what you can do to, you know, 
prevent, you know, getting sick or anything like that. That's, you know, there's a whole other set of experts to talk about those kinds of things, but, you know, we're here to focus on your, your career progress and your, um, your current job. So let's get into it. So first do your job well, right? It's kind of uh, maybe a real basic sounding thing, but again, when we are in periods of uncertainty, a lot of times we'll get uh, focused on like a meta narrative, like how's the the country going to do? How is my company going to do? Um, you know, faced in these uncertain times, and we start to lose track of like what we actually need to do on a day to day basis. So, you know, I think. This point is really focusing on, you know, what can you do to keep doing your job effectively? You know, are you even being effective at your job? So, um, so maybe, you know, actions that you can do, you know, do a, a 360 degree review, a 360 review. Um, it doesn't have to be an official one. You know, if your organization does this in an official capacity, then maybe you can participate that there. If it doesn't, then maybe you can do like an unofficial version, you know, ask, for an assessment from not just your manager, but your peers too, if there's some downstream customers that you deal with, whether outside the organization customers or inside the organization customers, um, get some feedback on how you're doing, how you're serving their needs, and, and really incorporate that feedback into actions that you can take to improve um, how it is that you are doing your job. Um, interfacing with other working groups, you know, that's an, another place. You know, a lot of times we participate as individual contributors to cross-functional groups. So, you know, an, uh, a group to not skip is those people that you are dealing with in those kinds of um, cross-functional groups. I think it always helps to, to figure out metrics to measure your success. Um, I just went through my first uh, Google uh, performance um, cycle. So one of the things that, you know, kind of got underlined for me was to, you know, to actually measure and have uh, metrics for impact, right? I did this, um, you know, had this idea, I took this action, here was the impact um, on the organization. So um, those are the kinds of things that, you know, if you, even if you're not showing it to anybody, you know, you can at least show it to yourself. Um, and then, you know, you have a better idea of where it is that you stand, right? Without somebody else telling you, hey, here's, here's, a, here's your ultimate metric for success. You, you have like more of an internal one and, and feedback from, from other people, not just your manager. Would you say that the metrics should be co-developed with you and your manager, John? Or in your case, were they, was it something that you came up with yourself and just got approved by someone? Um, in my case, there were organizational metrics. Um, so the organization had metrics for success for people in my role. So it was really easy to pick those. Um, but you know, that that's between you and your manager and your organization. You know, I've worked in organizations where there was no clear metrics for success, you know, being a pre-sales engineer, you know, at least some of the metrics are how you're participating in making sales, right? But again, like you and I both know, and we've talked about this before, you know, that's something which is almost out of your control, right? It's like a secondary effect of all the work that you do. So doing the work that, you know, tips the scale in your favor, whether or not, you know, somebody who 
you don't have any control over makes a decision that, you know, you can influence maybe, and you can put your best foot forward, but that doesn't mean that they're always going to, you know, vote in your favor. So it's just, you know, what have I done to tip all the scales in our favor? And if you are very, very effective at putting your finger on the scale for every single, you know, interaction that you have, then you're being more effective. And over time, like statistically, that'll show up. Yeah, that's great. One other thing I thought of here, John, is, you know, if you're getting into the the fear mindset, if you have a recent copy of a review that was good feedback from your manager or someone else, go mm-hmm. read it. Go yeah. remind yourself that, you know, you were chosen to do this job for a reason and someone has given you good feedback in the past. And of course, make sure that's still the case, but kind of a little reminder. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you had this idea of uh, commitment and accountability being part of um, doing your job well, right? What did you mean by that? So am I someone who does what he says he's going to do? In my opinion, when people say they're going to do something, but you, but they don't reciprocate on that and do it, once that happens a few times, you just kind of don't really believe what they say anymore and it damages your opinion of that person damages their professional reputation. So if I've committed to do something, Hey, I'm going to have this completed by this date. And I continually miss the date without any acknowledgement of, Hey, this is going to have to push back. Mm -hmm. Then that eventually makes me unreliable. Oh, Nick's not going to be able to get it done when he says he's going to. Right. Right. I I really like how you talked about, a delivery date too, right? Um, it's interesting the the definition of like going into a meeting and taking an action item away from the meeting. It's like who's accountable for it, and then what's the timeline that they're going to deliver it on? And that might be again obvious on its surface, but I've gone through you know definitely you know lots of meetings in my career where we walked away and we say, okay, we're going to do this and kind of, you know, here's maybe who's going to do it. And maybe the timeline is eh, around, you know, and it, and it becomes very, very wishy-washy. We'll get back to you on this point. Okay. Who's going to get back to me? And by when <laughs> I'm going to get an update when, and then maybe have a firm answer by when. So yeah, the, you know, even just portraying that can be, you know, kind of a marker, right? Yeah. And you give them no basis with which to evaluate your credibility in that case that, you know, they said they'd get back to me, but they didn't say when. So if they get back to me in a month from now, does that credibility damaging? I don't know. (laughs) I guess it depends on how fast I wanted it and whether I communicated that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because sometimes that's valid, right? It's like I said, I was going to do it by the end of the week. Um, By Thursday, I realized that that's not going to be possible. I reach out and I say, it's not going to be possible. I'm, you know, I apologize. Here's the circumstances. Here's the revised deadline. And then if it gets delayed again, I communicate that revised deadline and I explain why. And, you know, just as, you know, apologize as much as you can, you know, and um, be very, very clear, right? If, and then, you know, maybe the second time the delay comes, you say, now I've lost faith in our ability to give you a firm timeline. And I apologize for that. <laughs> right? Sure. And, um, and I'm trying to hold my, you know, 
upstream people that I'm getting this information from, you know, a little bit more accountable. And if it's a project that you're supposed to finish and you didn't finish it on time, maybe just communicating to someone, Hey, we're 80% of the way there. And we ran into this roadblock. There's no way it's going to happen rather than just saying it's not going to happen. Right. It's much better. Absolutely. I find that if the person on the other side knows that you're making progress toward the, what you committed to, it's so much better than I'm not going to deliver. Right. Right. Because oftentimes those things aren't a binary, right? You know, what, what I was really looking for was for you to be at like 65 to 70% done by this date, not the entire thing. Or, you know, we've built in a little bit of wiggle room in the entire project timeline. So it, it, it's okay. Or by the way, you over delivered earlier on and that's put us far enough ahead of schedule that, you know, you've, you know, through your actions have created some wiggle room. So, you know, all those things, you know, might be possible, you know, and sometimes it's just not. <laughs> Sometimes it's, you know, there's, you said it, they needed it, and then you can't deliver. And that's what you're communicating. And that's never a good thing, but at least you're communicating about it and not just going silent. Right. Notice everyone who's listening that this communication theme is very prevalent here. You need to be a good communicator with the people you work with. It can solve so many issues before you run into a big problem if you'll just communicate and communicate well. Yeah. Very, very true. We just have to practice that. Okay. So we have some thoughts there about, you know, making sure that you're doing your job well. I'm sure that, you know, out there in the larger community, other people have other points that they'd like to point out about that. And we'd love to hear that. So if you have any comments on that, you know, additional things that you think need to be done, um, please feel free to, to give us that feedback. Uh, send us emails, tweet at us. We'd be happy to incorporate that into follow-ups. But as a next point, um, you know, once you've kind of decided that you know you're doing your job well and you're controlling those things, and you still have leftover, you know, pent-up energy, maybe anxiety, and you feel you know the the need to take action, one of the things that you can do is work to enhance your larger organization, right? So that same type of assessment, you know, maybe you need to do it a little bit, you know, less uh, intensely and you know, be, you know, careful to not step on other people's toes to say, you know, how are you doing as a group? How, how is my team doing? Right. Not just me, but the other people, like, how are we working well together? Are there things that we can do better? Um, what can you as an individual contributor on that team do to enhance the performance of the team? Um, do you have uh, coworkers who are, you know, a little bit more overwhelmed um, that you can pitch in or can you provide them emotional support and say, Hey, you know, listen to this podcast that these uh, two, two uh, smart Alex are putting together about, you know, things that, that you can do um, or what can I do to, to help you and, and uh, you know, take some of the load off, you know, if you're overwhelmed just with your work. So, you know, contributing to the team that way, I think can be very, very helpful. Yeah. I'd say one example here, you know, not just coworkers, but also your boss. It could happen to your boss that he or she gets into a an issue of feeling paralyzed with fear, and maybe there's something that you can do to help them. Hey, how can I help you succeed? It seemed like you were a little concerned, fearful, anxious. What is it that I could be doing in addition to what I'm doing now that will help you succeed? Because whether you want to believe it or not, 
if you don't perform, that affects your boss's performance every single time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, in addition to that, like, let's say, you know, you have time and energy left over, right? Um, assess that next level up organization, right? So if you're on a team, you've done what you could to help yourself, um, reached out to the other team members, um, they seem to be doing okay. Like, what can you maybe do to affect, like, you know, not just your manager's team, but maybe, you know, your manager's manager, if that's a director or senior manager, whatever that title happens to be, um, you know, is there something there that can be done? Or even, you know, one level up above that, or, you know, maybe you're part of a, an organization of people all with the same title, right? So um, when I was at VMware, I had the solution engineer title, you know, there's a Western solution engineers, central, you know, North American solution engineers. Are there any activities that are going on there that you can participate in to enhance that job and that practice as a whole? You know, do you have ideas that you've taken to your manager that you've implemented there and then you've implemented at the director's level that you can take and maybe pitch at the, you know, next higher up level or even at the national level? Um, whatever that is, you know, a lot of times organizations will have, you know, innovation centers or centers of excellence that are that are doing things that they need feedback and participation from other people. So if you if you are looking to enhance your professional reputation, you've covered your work, you've helped your team, um, you know, you know, look to step up and maybe help the the organization and the practice as a whole. I remember when I was at VMware, there was a, a group called the um, CTO ambassadors. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with that uh, organization, but they had like an interface with the various offices of the CTO, the chief technical officers of the various um, business units. And you could apply to become uh, an ambassador and act as an interface between those engineering organizations, uh, CTO organizations, and the rest of the kind of field, right? Um, so you know, there's something along that, those lines, I actually haven't been at Google long enough to figure out what those kinds of uh, organizations might exist. But, you know, look around, you know, maybe it's cross-functional. Maybe there's a group within your organization that, you know, maybe your company goes out and buys other companies as part of its growth strategy. So you as an IT practitioner maybe can participate on, you know, like due diligence on some other, you know, acquisition target and, you know, say, here's what, you know, help investigate technology, um, you know, maybe come up with a, an estimate on, you know, how difficult it's going to be to, to integrate, you know, systems and things like that. And again, like give back to the organization as a whole, rather than just what you're doing. So a bunch of stuff that can be done there. I know in smaller organizations, you know, you may have, instead of organizations, you may just have small departments. Sure. So if you're at a smaller company and a bigger company too, it's important to try and understand what do the people in these other areas care about? What do they want? Hopefully you've, you've studied that in your interaction with them, but you know, as you work yourself up the chain, it's really about helping them get what they want. What is it that they're trying to do and how can you help add value? I think that's what you said, but I was just trying to reframe it for the small to medium business folks. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because you and I both worked in those kinds of organizations. Sometimes, you know, 
you have one person above you who is the interface with all the other departments, you know, that are outside of technology. And sometimes, you know, if you're in a small enough shop, you are the one person. So right away when you're talking about your peers, you know, you're talking about other departments, you know, you have to deal with accounting and sales and operations. And, and so, you know, delivery excellence is already part of what it is that you're doing, but you need to like be talking to them and, and talking to higher ups, you know, one level up. Um, and then innovation, you know, maybe that's where you're, you're giving back. Hey, you know, I know that we're talking about innovating and, you know, uh, or, you know, we're talking about doing what we're supposed to be doing better and, and very well, <laughs> but what is it that we could be doing? You know, what are, what are your future needs? What, you know, if you had blue sky, um, wishes and dreams, what would that look like? And then, you know, maybe take on some of those projects or evaluate them or say, you know, when we have enough budget, like we could take on this type of project and enhance this and, and then figure out what the impact on, you know, of that kind of project would be. Right. Yep. And if you're in technology, this speaks to the idea of understanding what your company does outside your technology department bubble. Get Absolutely. It, get some understanding of the operational aspects of other areas. And I think that'll really help you drive some innovation, as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the exciting part of technology when, you know, too often as technology practitioners, we get trapped into cost savings. You know, this is going to be, you know, slightly better function, but you know, overall it's going to be cheaper to do it this way, or it's cheaper to do it, you know, this other way, or even cheaper to do it this, you know, third or fourth way. A lot of times delivering value to the organization isn't about saving money because the maximum amount of money that you can save is your departmental budget, right? But if you can enhance like the overall business by like, you know, delivering something that's maybe cost more money, but then, you know, the value and sales or, you know, profits to the organization are higher than the cost by, you know, an order of magnitude, then, then that's better than saving money, right? In the long term. So, you know, think about that. Think about what you can do to add value to your organization there. And if you do that enough, you know, and, you know, you do that in partnership, you know, not going out, going rogue <laughs> in partnership with other people to say, you know, what do we need to do to investigate this as a group? You know, can we put together a team to, you know, investigate whether it's, it's possible and worthwhile? Um, and, and you do it in coordination with your leadership, then, you know, now that's part of your professional uh, reputation as somebody who's looking out for the organization as a whole, not just your department and saving money or even just delivering well, right? It's partnering with other part, parts of the organization and, and enhancing what they can do. So always a good thing. DevOps, DevOps, DevOps. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Is that the, the magic bullet for everything? <laughs> of course. All right. Um, so again, we'd love your feedback. If you have other ideas on enhancing your, your larger organization that you're participating in, um, those are our ideas and we'd love to hear your feedback. If you've done this successfully, um, done it unsuccessfully, uh, you know, the, the stumbles that you've had, um, We'd love to hear about those things. So again, feel free to tweet at us and we'd love to engage in a conversation about that. Um, finally, our final point is reaching out 
to your extended network and seeing what you can do to enhance that network. Um, you know, obviously we're talking about first, like handling your own, you know, job tasks and then expanding out to see what you can do for your organization. Um, you know, reserve a little bit of time to, to reach out to your extended network, your professional network, refresh your connections, see how other people are doing, um, and give back to that network. Right. Um, none of us got to where we are, um, at, you know, uh, completely solo. Like we always had people, you know, giving us a hand up. Usually that's the case. It certainly is the case for me. Um, and you know, in times of uncertainty, if you can give back to that network, I, I really feel like, you know, call it karma, call it, you know, goodwill, whatever you want to call it. I think it will benefit you in the long run. Like you're just going to feel better and even just feeling better about giving back to your network can help you professionally, right? Just, I feel good. So I'm going to feel good about doing my job as well as, you know, helping other people. So, you know, again, it's just, you know, look for people, see how they're doing, you know, refresh, um, that connection, uh, see if there's anything that you can do for them, you know, see how they're doing just, you know, emotionally, psychologically, again, in uncertain times, um, and, uh, and help who you can, how you can, again, obviously within the limits of your resources. Um, but you know, it always helps to give back. I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, sometimes it can maybe feel emotionally draining, but if you have the ability to help somebody just by listening to the problems they're having, you know, if that's what they need, they just needed somebody to listen to them and then they feel better. You can also participate in them feeling better, not just in the, like, you know, talking about the uncertainty and fear. So um, that's almost everything that I had to say about that. Anything to add there, Nick? So I think that the doing things for others is exactly what you said. And in addition to that, you know, just sharing information. If you wrote an article, found some helpful thing on the internet that was really valuable or really cool, send it out on social media to your professional network and say, Hey, I thought this was really helpful. I hope you can too. Or even if you know somebody who works on this particular technology or may encounter this problem, send it directly to them. Hey, I, I saw this, thought it might be helpful to you. I hope all is well. Let me know if you, if you need to talk or, or want to chat. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. You know, sharing, you know, those resources with your network is, uh, you know, again, it's a, it's something that you can do to like take a positive step. Um, for other people as well as yourself, you know, and again, going back to like just the thesis at the beginning, it's, it's too easy during times of uncertainty to, to feel overwhelmed um, with all the things that we can't control. So again, here's some things that you can control, right? Do your job well, um, see what you can do to enhance a larger organization and then see what you can do to enhance your network. Um, anything else before we get out of here, Nick? I would just say that, if you're someone out there who is something John and I can do something for, whether that's talking to you on or off the air, please let us know. Tweet out to at Nerd Journey. Yeah, love to hear back from you. Just a reminder that we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. 
We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. All right, farewell listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at B Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore. Signing off. Adios. Adios.